Mark 16, 20 says that the disciples went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. He was working with them. That's co-operating. Uh-huh. Yeah. And another word is like the word collaborate comes from the parts that mean co-labor, uh-huh. working together with, operating together with, co-operating. That's what cooperation is meant to be, that we work together. together. So how do we get there? God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We are joining together to talk about something that the Holy Spirit has been moving my heart about, and that has to do with co-operating with God. Not just cooperating, but co-operating, operating together with God. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that we can do this together, that we can study the Word together, and that we can learn from His Word and learn from the Holy Spirit together. But before we get started, I want to encourage you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and make sure that you are on our mailing list, our email list, and that you can feel free to give us some feedback. We would love to hear from you. Uh, It really means a lot to us to hear from our listeners, and especially if you have something on your heart that you want us to talk about or someone that you want us to interview, uh, we want to be able to do that if if, if the Holy Spirit leads us. And we also have notifications about our events and uh, all sorts of things that you can enjoy that will build you up in your faith in God and, and in your walk with the Holy Spirit. So today, we're talking about co-operating with the Holy Spirit, co-operating with God. When God created the heavens and the earth, there was a co-operation between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as, mm-hmm. as I see it. Yeah. I think we can see the, the Trinity right at the very beginning, because when God spoke, when he said, let there be light, when he said all of these things, let the waters bring forth uh, living creatures and so on. Every time he spoke, he spoke words. Mm-hmm. And we see that, that, you know, in John 1, we understand that Jesus is the word. Mm-hmm. And his breath is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So you see the Father speaking and his spirit going out from him to cause these things to be. And then he made Adam. And in Genesis chapter 2, it says that God formed every animal of the field and fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field. But then for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him or a, a, a helper or a someone that matched him. And Mm -hmm. of course, that's when God 
caused a deep sleep to come on him, and he took a portion of Adam and made Eve. And, you know, there's more to that story. But the point is that God made the animals, and then he had Adam name them. So there was a mm-hmm. co-operation. Yeah. Uh-huh. They operated together, putting this thing together. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a picture right from the beginning mm-hmm. of how God wants us to operate with him. He has plans for each and every one of us. Every single person on the planet is mm-hmm. unique and individual. Every one of us has a purpose. We have a call. We have uh, something that God put us on this planet to do with him, to co-operate with him. With him. Yeah, because we, we don't know, it doesn't say in Genesis, how much time that Adam and Eve were in the garden. True. Because they were co-operating with God mm-hmm. until deception. Right. And this could have gone on for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe that serpent was just uh, kind of, Doing this, it wasn't the first time he said this. Mm-hmm, yeah. Now, what does the devil do? He always uh, he drops ham- some. He keeps hammering away at yeah, you. Yeah, like that water torture drip. Yeah. Drip. And it drip. could have been something like this too. We, yeah. we We don't know. Yeah. We'll find out on the other side of eternity. Yes. Right? Yes. And it, it really doesn't matter as far as that yeah, goes. That's true. You know, it's <laughs> it's not something that's worth. Uh, speculating about and saying, well, this is the way it is. Yeah. Uh, but the point is that that there was a cooperation before the fall. Uh-huh. And then all through the Old Testament, we see that God is trying to get his people to cooperate with him. Uh-huh. And we can see, like, when God gave the law uh-huh. on Mount Sinai, he gave the Ten Commandments to begin with. So in Exodus 20... God gives the Ten Commandments, and it's like this is the um, like the betrothal because God's about to marry Israel. That's mm-hmm. it starts with the plans for a wedding because you know we we had back in the garden we had Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and God's trying to get people to come into that bridal relationship with Him so that uh, we can have this marriage supper of the Lamb that's coming. When when Jesus comes for his bride, okay? Yes. Uh-huh. So God initiated this in the Garden of Eden, and then he reinitiated it again, even with uh, with Noah. It says that Noah walked with God. Yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. And then fast forward to Mount Sinai, and he's giving them an opportunity to to learn his ways. So he spells out everything for them. Mm-hmm. And, and he spells it out so that if they will obey his commandments, he's going to bless them, right? And, mm-hmm. and you, see, you see that people are often familiar with, uh, with Deuteronomy 28 about the blessings. The blessings, yeah. But there's mm-hmm. another place in Leviticus 26 that is similar, that's talking about if you will walk in my statutes, if you'll walk in my commandments, if you'll walk in the things that I've given you to do. And he had spelled it all out in Mm -hmm. Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. He spells out all these things for how to live. And it's really not all that complicated. It's it's really not, you know, Jesus said the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Mm -hmm. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So, and then he said, 
on these hang all the law and the the prophets. prophets. Yeah. Uh So the entirety of the the laws and the commandments can be summed up by saying, love God and love your fellow man. Mm -hmm. So really love is the fulfilling of the law. Because if, if you love God and if you love your neighbor, you're going to do by nature the things that he's written in his commandments. Yeah. But just to spell it out for you, uh, in Leviticus 26, he says, if you'll walk in my commandments and walk in my statutes, then here's what I'll do. Here's, if, here's the covenant. If is the yeah. big, yeah. should be capitalized. Right. If. You do your part, I'll do mine. Here's uh-huh. my part. I'll give you rain in due season. The land shall yield her increase. The trees of the field will yield their fruit. Your threshing floor shall last until your grape vintage comes in. And then your vintage will reach until your sowing time. And you'll eat your bread to the full, dwell in the land safely. I'll give you peace in the land. You shall lie down and no one will make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of the land. Neither shall the sword go through your land. And you will chase your enemies. They'll fall before you by the sword. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. For I will have respect to you, and make you fruitful, and multiply you, and establish my covenant with you. You will eat your old store, and carry it out because of the new. Mm-hmm. You're going to have so much that, that you'll be able to throw away the leftovers. I think the New Age people would call that utopia. Uh, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> And then, this is really cool, I will set my tabernacle among you, Uh and my soul shall not abhor you, and I will walk among you and will be your God, and you will be my people. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? That's a beautiful promise. It's tremendous promise. But then he goes on to say, well, so here's what happens if you don't don't. do it. And if you're not going to hearken to me and do my commandments, I will point over you terror, wasting disease, fever... Um, sorrow of heart, you'll sow your seed in vain, your enemies will eat it. Uh, I'll set my face against you. You'll be slain before your enemies. They that hate you will reign over you. You'll flee when no one pursues you. And this is awful. I will punish you seven times more for your sins. Well, that's what happens to a nation when they turn their back on God. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we seeing today? Well, kind of much you know, like even, even in our own nation. Right. You know, things happening now. Yeah. Yeah. has just never happened before. It's true. It's true. But because we've forsaken the God of our fathers. Yeah. In large Because back portion. when we were younger, we, we, we knew more, you know, that this was more of a godly nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, churches, most all your churches have, well, they had Sunday night service, mm-hmm. Wednesday night. Sure. Yeah. And Bible study and prayer meeting. Yeah. In the schools, you know. Mm-hmm. In the schools, the Bible, yeah, they had the Bible on the desk, and even the public schools, right, and all that, and all that, it, it's just like putting a frog in the frying pan, mm-hmm. and you turn the heat up, slow, slow cook, and that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened in this nation. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, it's time for us to get back to cooperating with God. Yeah, and God can turn. All these things around. Yes, and we fully expect him to do so. There's probably going to be a a period of punishment to make people wake up. But he does that for for the ones that he loves. Mm -hmm. He chastens chastens those that he considers to be his sons. So Jesus came to show us how to do it. He came to be the last Adam. Mm -hmm. 
the first Adam blew it. <laughs> he came to be the last Adam to, to be the man that would cooperate with God and show us how it's done. Yeah. So, you know, he said in, in John 10, 30, I and my father are one. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on in John 5, 30, I can of my own self do nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as I hear, I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the father which has sent me. Amen. And that's yeah. what Adam originally did mm -hmm. until he blew it. Yeah. And that's what Moses and the children of Israel did until they blew it. Mm -hmm. You know, they followed at times there, there was a following of the, the law and whenever they did, they were blessed. I mean, yeah. look at the book of judges, the yeah. book of judges spells out when they were sinning, then the enemies came on them and then God raised up a judge when they cried to him, oh, help mm -hmm. us, oh God, help us, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, yeah. then, and then God raised up a judge, the judge cleaned house, yeah. and as long as the judge lived, they had peace. As because long as they, the judge lived. Yeah, yeah, because they were cooperating mm -hmm. with what the judge said, this yeah. is what God says. So people, even unbelievers, can be blessed by believers. True. You know, because they're following, like for a nation, mm -hmm. you know, I won't say it rains on the just and the unjust. Very true. You know, but when, but when you have godly people in office, the nation's blessed. Because I, I remember America was the most blessed nation on the face of the earth. Very true. In the 1960s, I mean, mm -hmm. we were just fifties. Yeah, 50s, We were the world leaders mm -hmm. in all kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah, we still are in some ways, but yeah, but we've watched as uh, the this nation has been degraded, being mm -hmm. picked apart. Mm -hmm. And even when you talk about in Deuteronomy 28, where it talks about your your neighbors will own you. Mm -hmm. What do we have? We have China and all these nations buying our land. It's true. You know, that never happened back then. No, it you didn't. You never sold the land. No. 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 So, so Jesus is showing us how to do it. Uh-huh. So it's all about an intimate relationship with our Father. Yeah. And that intimate relationship, Jesus had a prayer life. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a prayer life where he would get up in the middle of the night and while it was still dark and he would go and pray and the Lord would show him things that were to come the next day, I believe. I mean, it doesn't spell it out just that way. Yeah. It, it kind of spells it out that way when he was going to uh, pick which one, which ones of his disciples would be the 12 that would mm -hmm. hang out with him all the time. Yeah. Because he did that after he spent that time in prayer. So it's it's kind of implied that that's what happened. But I really believe that he would spend time in prayer and, and the Father would show him the things that were to come in that next day and, mm -hmm. and what to do and how to do it. And, and it was a co-operation that they operated together. The Father would give him instructions. He would do the thing he was instructed to do. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then he said that I speak that which I have seen with my Father. Now, that's an yeah. interesting mm -hmm. expression, John eight thirty eight. I saw my father and I'm speaking what I saw. Lots of times when when we're ministering, when we're praying for people, I'll see something in in the spirit. It'll kind of play out on on the screen of my imagination. Something that maybe I don't even understand, but if uh -huh. I pray into it or if I tell the person what I'm seeing, it'll make sense to them. So yeah. you say what you see. Uh-huh. And that okay. that is co-operating. The Lord has put something in your mind. He's put something in your imagination, put something for you to see. And then you say what you see. And that's co-operating. 
Well, I was reading this morning, and when we cooperate, we have authority to do things. Oh, yes. You know, as I was reading this morning, uh, putting on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate, and mm -hmm. uh, looking at all the words, everything involved, you know, this is going to war. Mm -hmm. It seems most time we're that a lot of believers, they're in the defense mode. Mm -hmm. To keep from getting beat up by the devil every day, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and all that. But it's time when we put all this armor on, you're going to war. You need to go on the offense. Amen. I mean, like waking up in the morning, you know, mm -hmm. we just wait up and say, yes, and start praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yes, amen. You know, we're going to kick some devil today. You know, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> if we don't give him an open door, cooperating with God we're going to be where we need to be. More than conquerors. More than conquerors. Super conquerors. Yeah. Yes. I like that. So yeah. that's that's how we cooperate with him. Yeah. And, and Jesus said in John 14, 21, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he mm -hmm. that loves me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So this cooperation really starts with love. Yeah. Uh -huh. it, you know, which is the first commandment, love God. So in our loving him, we are already beginning to cooperate with him. Um, I loved it when uh, the Lord showed me years ago that his presence was like oxygen. Mm -hmm. And oxygen is all around us. Yeah. Uh, but we can't sense it with our five senses. It's uh -huh. all around us, though, and we can't live without it. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's the way the presence of God is. So I learned from that that we can breathe in of his presence because it's all around us, just like mm -hmm. oxygen. Yeah. And we can breathe out worship to him. Yeah. And that's another way that we cooperate with him is by worshiping him. We'll mm -hmm. get into that in a minute, maybe. Yeah. But I think you get the idea. Anyway, um, so then I, I asked uh, Ivan Tuttle about that. Is is that really true that his presence is like oxygen? He says oxygen is his presence. Mm. And that blew me away. Yeah, that's, uh, that's when you think about that, that's really That's amazing. amazing. But but then I asked Dean Braxton. Okay, now both of these guys, in case you don't know either of those names, both of them have had a death experience where uh -huh. they went to heaven. Now, Ivan no. went to hell first, but, but they, then he went to heaven. They left the planet. They yes. left the planet. <laughs> they left their bodies behind. No. It was it was a, I mean, there was no silver cord, <laughs> okay? <laughs> the silver cord was cut. They were dead, 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 dead. And so I asked Dean about it. I said, so Ivan says that oxygen is the presence of God. And he says, well, I guess you could say it that way. But I would say it would be more accurate to say that oxygen is the love of God. Mm -hmm. Oxygen is the love, love of, of God. God. Wow. So think about that when you're breathing. Mm -hmm. Breathe in his presence. Wow. Uh -huh. Breathe in his love. Because his breath first breathed in us. Yes. He breathed in Adam and he became a living soul. And it's his love because he uh -huh. is love. Yeah. So his presence would be love, right? Mm-hmm. So then I, I, I learned recently, I was just studying this last night, or was it this morning? Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, I was just studying this recently, that the oxygen in the air is about 21% of the air. 78% mm -hmm. is, is nitrogen. Nitrogen. And nitrogen comes in and goes out 
uh-huh. and doesn't Do affect thing. our bodies uh-huh. at all. We need nitrogen, we, but we get it from our food. Yeah. And then I've seen two different statistics. One of them says that um, you breathe in this 21% of the air is the oxygen, and then you breathe back out 16-something percent. Mm-hmm. I've heard another that you only use about 10%. So it's, wow. it's you know, it's 10 to 20%, mm-hmm. something like that, um, that you're using. So if you're trying to connect with the love of God, if you really want to meditate on this love of God, what you're getting in is more than you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's enough when you exhale for somebody else. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. yeah. And that's why mouth-to-mouth resuscitation yeah. works. CPR. Uh-huh. CPR will work because you have enough to share. That's just amazing. You get in the oxygen. You get in the love of God, and there's enough to share. So you're cooperating with him as his presence, as his love comes into you with every single breath. Amen. Let everything that has breath praise, praise the Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. And, and if you're cooperating with God, you're cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And spirit, the word spirit in Hebrew is ruach. ruach. Uh-huh. And the word ruach can be translated three ways, mostly. Yeah. Um, it's spirit, and it's wind, and it's breath. Yeah. yeah and, and, and it's the same in, in, in Greek. There's three uh-huh. words. Pneuma is the Greek word, and it's, yeah. it's spirit and wind and breath. And kind of another little trek, you know, even following the spirit— well, that reminds me of uh, when we were down in Argentina back in 1985. <laughs> yes. And, yes. you know, we're uh, these new missionaries out there, you know, and, <laughs> and we our team went into Chile. You know, yes. We crossed into Chile. And we're in this church, you know, and, and uh, Sharon was just, I remember what you were ministering on. But, I don't remember what it was, but, you know. It was the, deep. It was the, good. The, the, real, the, the real issue was that, that I got sent on that team. Because they didn't have an interpreter until the very last minute. And the interpreter that came along wasn't really an interpreter. We call them Tex-Mex. Yeah, you know, yes, or speaking Spanglish. Speaking Spanglish, yeah. You know? And when he interpreted, he told us afterwards, he said, I think maybe they got 10% of what I said. So I was supposed to go, and I don't speak Spanish well enough to interpret, period. Mm-hmm. But I can manage to get through to make get my point across. So a hint, if you're going to the mission field, make sure you have a good interpreter. Amen. That's the truth. <laughs> so I was studying and studying and, and came up with something that I thought was profound and, and important and deep. And, it, you know, I didn't see any great amount of of yay and amen on people's faces when when I was preaching or teaching. I suppose it was more teaching than preaching. And then we had um, another lady on our team that she she worked (laughs) with the interpreter, right? And and she was she actually used uh, some some expressions that don't translate whatsoever. You know, like she said that something about not being a spring chicken. Well, that 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 doesn't translate because it. Uh, the Spanish word is modismo. It's a, it's a, it's an expression. That's that, like a riding the fence. Oh yeah, riding the fence. Riding I think the fence is a good I, one. I think don't that was another that. one. She, yeah, because it doesn't translate. Don't yeah. use expressions that don't literally translate. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so she's telling these stories and talking about a man that had 
he loved his pig, okay? He, so he brought his pig into the house and he gave it a bath and he put a blue velvet suit on it. <laughs> and then the pig wanted to go back outside and he went back outside and just got into his wallow again. And, <laughs> you know, it seemed like to us, I mean, what was your reaction? So this is just so simple. It's just going to... You know, this it's isn't going gonna, anywhere. We're not going nowhere. You know, we we came all the way out here for this. You know, however, the Holy Spirit Holy moved Spirit on that. Moved on it. <laughs> he moved in people's lives. He transformed people's lives. Yeah, it was amazing in that simple story. So, she was doing better at cooperating with the Holy Spirit than I was, but I laid down my understanding of what what was supposed to be, mm-hmm. and cooperated with her. Yeah. And, you know, God used us. We prayed for people. God moved. But it wasn't because of my fine preaching. It was because of some simple, Very simple message, but the Holy Spirit anointed it. And captured them. Then. And captured them. And cooperating with the Holy Spirit is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time we were leading worship and our founder, Sister Gwen, was was on the organ, and we were leading with leading worship with our guitars. And I just knew that I had a song list that the Holy Spirit had given me, and we're going to have a move of God tonight in the worship. And we're we're going along and singing the, the song list, and all of a sudden, Sister Gwen at the organ takes over, and she changes direction, and it's not on the list, and. We're following her now instead of her following us. And and I was getting a little miffed. Flesh, okay? This was flesh. This is plain old flesh. Old Not flesh. good to have when you're up leading worship. No, no. <laughs> You'll never get anywhere in the Spirit if no. you're dealing with the flesh. And so um, the Holy Spirit whispered to me, you can sing Bill Grogan's Goat, and if I anoint it, it's anointed. Now, in case you don't know, what Bill Grogan's goat is. It's a silly, ridiculous song about this goat that ate everything, and he ate the songwriter's uh, long red underwear off of the clothesline. And the man got so mad that he tied the goat to the railroad tracks. And Bill Grogan's goat was resourceful enough that he coughed up the red underwear and, and flagged the train, made the train stop. <laughs> so, I mean, that it's a silly song. Uh-huh. But the Holy Spirit said, if I anoint it, it's anointed. <laughs> if I anoint it, it's anointed. Yeah. And that too, if, if I'll give a circumstance, you probably don't even know this one. There was one year at the <laughs> Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. Yeah. And they have an international choir, orchestra, and dance troupe. And we were in the choir and I was leading, going to, I was on to lead worship on one of the mornings, mm-hmm. you know, when all the choir and orchestra, everybody's all together. This is before. For devotions. For devotions. Yeah. You know? And all of a sudden that morning, they, it got changed. Another worship leader was put in place. And I had this amazing song I wrote called To the Minister of the Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. It comes out of Hebrews. You know, yeah. Jesus, you know, the minister of the sanctuary. And the speaker, you know, when well, they do the worship and the speaker gets up. And he pulls out his Bible and says, I'm going to talk on the minister of the sanctuary. <laughs> and I got mad, you know, kind of. Were you it, going to sing that song that I morning? was going to sing it this morning, and they changed. Oh. This was a perfect example of the Holy Spirit setting this up, and it didn't work. 
<laughs> you know, and I, I sang it the next day, but it had not the effect when I was back on for the next day. They put me a day off. But it was like a window, but I should have led worship. And then what happened? I didn't, and I had a pity party. Oh, and then what happened? Then I, I led the song the next morning, but it didn't have the same effect as it would have had that morning. But maybe that was just a lesson for me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a character issue here. Yeah, because God does make all things work together for good. And yeah. that's another cooperation. So one of the ways that we can cooperate with the Lord is in trust. Mm-hmm. So when we trust him, that's part of walking with him. Yeah. That's part of obeying his commandments. You can't really obey his commandments and have any effect mm-hmm. unless you trust him. Yeah, I'm looking at Isaiah 57, 13 here. Mm-hmm. He that puts his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. This is the promised land. Exactly, exactly. And and Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, you will keep him in perfect peace, which is in the Hebrew, it says, you will keep him in shalom, shalom. Mm. That's that's great. Whose mind, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you Uh because he trusts in you. So trust gives you deep, deep peace. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Mm -hmm. You need some strength? You get it by putting your trust in him. And sometimes I see my trust as like an object that is in my spirit man or like in my midsection and it's like an object kind of like a heavy weight Mm -hmm. but it has a connection to me it's like an umbilical cord Mm -hmm. okay it's i mean it's not a baby but it's it's a it's an object that has weight and when i put my trust in god he has a place in him where my trust will land and will anchor Mm-hmm. And it's it's like an anchor for my soul that keeps me connected to him. Yeah, that's Do good. Do you see that picture? Does that yeah, uh-huh. come through in your mind? Yeah. Uh, that's that's how I see putting my trust in him. It's it's a real thing. It's it's like a tangible thing in the spirit. Yeah. You know, and in Psalms thirty seven, you know, in, in uh, three and nine, you know, verse three is trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Yes. You know, so that's a promise. And then verse 9, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Amen. So what happens when you wait on the Lord? You know, you inherit the earth, and that's where you, you get into his presence yes. by waiting on him. And you renew your strength. I think there was uh, someone, I forget who it was, you know, maybe this was a quote that they're just waiting so long for the Lord, you know, in prayer times and all that. And the Lord spoke to him and just and didn't come within this window of time and said, well, don't be so impatient. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, Lord, give us patience. We want it now. <laughs> right. Right. You know? It's true. So when Jesus left his disciples, when he went up into into the heavens, when he ascended, um, Mark sixteen twenty says that the disciples went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. He was working with 
them. That's co-operating. Yeah. And another word is like the word collaborate comes from the parts that mean co-labor, uh-huh. working together with, operating together with, co-operating. That's what cooperation is meant to be, that we work together. Uh-huh. So the Holy Spirit works with us with signs following. In Acts 5.12, it says, By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders worked among the people. And uh, Romans fifteen nineteen, Paul is talking about through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So when we when we're preaching and working with the Holy Spirit, He is going to do those things with signs following. Yeah. So um, how do we get there? How do we get there? Well. One of the things that that is a major part of working with the Holy Spirit, co-operating with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. is praying in tongues. Now, if you, listener, don't yet pray in tongues, it's time to start. And you can start today because it's a thing that comes by faith. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit gives us utterance. So, you know, Acts 2, 4 says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they were speaking, and as they spoke, different words came out than what they were trying to in, trying to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and what, what we have observed as we've prayed for people is that you, um, you just begin to make sounds and the Holy Spirit turns it into language. And the Holy Spirit understands what you are saying. The Holy Spirit is going to pray through you the things that are on our Father's heart so that we say back to him the things that he is saying. Mm -hmm. And the wonderful thing about tongues is that we don't understand most of the time unless the Spirit gives us an interpretation, and he does that sometimes. We don't understand what is being said, but we are saying something by faith. And the Holy Spirit is is using that. He's cooperating. We are cooperating with him. Mm-hmm. And he is praying the things that need to be prayed. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Mm-hmm. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. So start with groaning. If you're mm-hmm. not praying in tongues yet, start with just let him, let him help you say, mm, oh, mm, <laughs> you know, just, just let him use your groaning to get through to our Father, because that's how prayer works. Uh, and he searches, he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So as we're praying in tongues or even just with groanings, if mm-hmm. we, and sometimes even with sighs, <sighs> yeah. you know, the Holy Spirit hears that because we're breathing. We're breathing with purpose. We're breathing with intent. We're breathing with, with deliberation. We're deliberately going, <sighs> You know, that that is being heard by our Father. All of our cries are being heard by our Father, and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit helps us to make the right sounds mm-hmm. that are language to our Father. 
Yeah, that's very well put. He yeah. understands that. So that's another way that we can cooperate with God and accomplish things, especially when we're praying for things that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to pray as we ought to pray. There's something needs to be prayed. We know Mm -hmm. there's something needs to be prayed. If you pray it in tongues, you'll be sure to pray the right thing. Yeah, it's good. Mm -hmm. So another thing that is critical to understand is that the real you, the real you is your spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's this war going on all the time between your spirit and your flesh. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we'll take time to read the verses in Romans 7. I think it's verse uh, 15 through 22. Okay, so I'll I'll just recommend that you go out to the the Passion Translation and read that. Just read a couple of verses anyway, Philip. Okay, this is uh, 15. I'm a mystery to myself, Mm -hmm. for I want to do what is right— and end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. And if my behavior is not in line with my desire, my conscience still confirms the excellence of the law. And I realize that it's no longer my true self doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. Okay, so we're talking about the flesh. Yeah, and in verse 20, so if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. Amen. Isn't that good? Yes. There's some really good scriptures in here. Yes, yeah. yes. So the point is that there's this war going on between our flesh and our spirit. And Galatians chapter 5 talks about that. And it's interesting, people that have died and gone to heaven talk about how when they're in heaven and when they're outside of their body and their body's dead, that there's no doubting. There's no questioning. There's, there's only the reality of who you are in God mm-hmm. and that you belong to him because you've, you've made him your Lord and Savior. That doesn't work if you haven't made him your Lord and Savior. There's another place that they go. But for people who have made Jesus both Lord and Savior, when you get separated from your body, your soul, that soulish nature that, that is contrary to your spirit, stays with your body. <laughs> and it doesn't go with you to heaven. So I just want to read from the Amplified uh, Galatians 5.16 that says, But I say walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, of human nature without God. Doesn't that say it well? Yeah, it sure does. How does it say it in the Passion? As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. I love that. Yeah. Because you're walking with the Spirit. Yeah. You're just going to abandon that self-life. I like the next one. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit Yeah. and hinder him from living free within you. Wow. Yeah. That says it amazingly. Uh Go on and read some more. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. Amen. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. Yes. Wow. That's beautiful. So go on and read from from verse 19, because I think it's important for us to understand what the Bible spells out as the flesh life. Okay. 
The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, <laughs> being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's true. But then yeah. what happens when you, when you cooperate with the Holy Spirit, when your spirit, the real you, the real you that loves God, that wants God, cooperates with the spirit, what happens? Well, you get fruit from that. Okay. What, what, is, what does it say the fruit is? But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is a divine love in all of its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Beautiful. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. 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 Because the Holy Spirit is limitless. Yeah. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on another, for each of us is an original. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. So, beloved listener, you are and original. Yeah. And God has a purpose for your life. And he has a plan for your life. And he has intentions for your life. And he wants you to co-operate with him. He wants you to work with him. He's got these amazing things for you to do and even more so for you to be in him and let his life live through you. Because one of the things that Jesus said that night that he was betrayed, when he was with his disciples in the upper room, he prayed for us. And I'm going to read this as a prayer for you and for all of us together in the body of Christ, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Mm, Receive yes. that glory today, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you loved me. Father, I will that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am. Is that cooperating or mm-hmm. is that cooperating? Yeah. That they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. So, beloved, we pray for you that you will have that oneness, that you will be one with him, that the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit will come in their fullness into your spirit 
and give you that ability to overcome the flesh and to be everything that he intended you to be so that you can work with him, operate with him, labor with him in his work in the earth till he comes. And may it be soon. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with His overwhelming, loving presence. <laughs>